Hi everyone, this is Joshua Hoffman and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, this time with a cowboy hat, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success and discuss a few things they learned along the way. Today I have Denver McQuaid, the founder and creative director of Digital Magician Studios, an agency that provides enterprise social media marketing and content solutions for brands looking to scale their digital marketing and brand awareness. Welcome, Denver. Welcome, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. The fact that you're in a cowboy hat makes me even more excited for this interview. I was already looking forward to it. So let's make it happen. Let's talk marketing and let's have some laughs. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I guess for the people that are just listening, uh, Denver came on the show with this like great shirt and I don't have very creative shirts. Uh, so I had to go with the cowboy hat, which actually your shirt is the plant I have right behind me. So I don't know. If hey, it's, it's palm tree vibes. I'm out here in Cali. I got for anyone who can't see, I got lava lamps. I got colors. We got palm tree vibes. We're feeling it. We're feeling good. So I want to open up with your creative journey um, because you know you're you're the first TikToker I think we've had on the show, and I learned Thank that you, you yeah of course, and uh, <laughs> I learned that you grew up in Indiana and then eventually moved to LA because I guess mm -hmm. you just felt like it was a better fit for you. Um, so I just want you to tell us and open up with a little bit more about your story and creative journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually just wrote a LinkedIn post about this, which there's going to be some people that are like, you told your personal story on LinkedIn. Y'all, it's like not as stale as it used to be. All right. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in Indiana as an only child, um, transparently from a broken home, uh, emotionally abusive one, which was tough, uh, very isolating. Um, and so I was often the outcast of every single group ever. Uh, being an only child, you know, you just want to connect with people. And I couldn't really connect with anyone at home or uh, at school, but I could online. And so that's kind of where what eventually became, you know, everything that we'll, we'll talk about on this episode. Um, you know, it all started with me just messing around on, on YouTube. And I was probably like 10, 12. I think my first YouTube channel, I was spray painting airsoft guns. This was like peak Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Red Tiger. Like, if you know, you know. So I'm out there spray painting on like this broken airsoft gun that looked like an M4. And I'm not even really a gun guy now. It's just like, you know, you're a kid. It's kind of fun to like shoot at cans and stuff, right? At least in Indiana where there's nothing else to do. Um, so it started there and kind of adapted. And I didn't always really know what I wanted to do. And, and in many ways, I still don't. Like it, it, it evolves and changes day to day. Um, but that's where it started. Eventually in high school, it was like I wanted to learn how to make lightsabers. Not real ones, because I wasn't that committed, but I could do it in a computer. So, you know, early, early After Effects days, um, early Adobe days before it was a subscription. Yo, shout out if if you were like OG Creative Suite before you had to pay every month. Yeah, um, that's where it started. Eventually, it was like, how do I make this move, right? Like, it went from graphic design to to visual effects. And then over time, found footing on Vine. Uh, creating visual effects content was Zach King light wasn't really my intent, but he kind of had a, a foothold on the VFX and I was learning. So um, I was a youngin in that space and obviously adapted, evolved over time, Instagram, musically, which became TikTok, all the things. And at the same time, I always kind of had a foot more in the professional world. So I went to college at Ball State University, graduated uh, a semester early, which was great because it kept like 10K in my pocket. And that's all I had to my name when I moved out to LA. 
Um, as an only child, my college was paid for, so transparency there. Um, but everything else was entirely on my own. I also worked my ass off a bunch of different jobs in, in college. Um, freelance gigs, design, DJing. I was a video editor on campus, all these kinds of things. So I definitely paid at least a, a decent amount of my way as well. Um, and the only reason I say that is not to like hate one way or the other. It's just, it's transparency, right? So many times you hear like, well, how'd they do it? And what most often people don't tell you is like, oh, they had rich parents that like laid it up. Um, you know, we weren't rich. We weren't poor. We were middle class. Um, but anyway, all that be said, bought a laptop in high school and, and there, there she wrote. But yeah, then that led me out to Los Angeles shortly after college, like a semester after, or uh, I'm sorry, a month after. And my first job was actually at Snapchat of all places, which sounds really dope. Um, and it was at the time I was working on a show called Solve. I don't think it's on Snapchat anymore, but it was like an interactive murder mystery show. And so you as the the audience got to pick and choose and, and kind of play guessing games and, and be the investigator in this fictional crime. So it was live action, really dope. And I was a graphic design animator for that. So fake blood and titles. Um, that's cool. Eventually, you're like, I'm being underpaid and this commute sucks. So you find other things to do. Freelance. I went full-time freelance. I uh, was doing really well. Social media, like consulting, TikTok, launched Ralph Lauren's TikTok page, a, a few other variety brands, and then COVID hit. And six months of work was gone overnight. And I had like $8,000 to my name because some brands, not going to disclose who, but some brands um felt invoices were optional for a long time for months like three four five six months and then paid only half of it so when the world's shutting down and you're having this quote-unquote once in a lifetime moment plus all of 2020 we don't want to like have the war flashbacks but like it was a year right we all know it was a year um and financial stress is is pivotal in a lot of people especially myself so that is kind of the journey and then got super lucky I don't. I still don't think I was qualified for this job, but shoot your shot. I loved it to death. I got a job at Call of Duty Activision during the pandemic um, when I thought it was going to be like three months, and then we now know. And it was working on Call of Duty Mobile on their marketing team, doing motion graphics and, and all kinds of stuff for that. Uh, a lot of their social media posts, which Call of Duty is what got me into everything originally. The graph design, like I said, the spray painting of airsoft guns. So now you're like, oh, shit, that's full circle right there. So it's like the worst year in existence, at least modern existence. And I'm having this kind of decade, 10 year, like full circle thing. And then what almost poetically became was like, that's kind of when I hung up like VFX and motion graphics as like my full time gig. I worked there for about 10 months, absolutely loved it. Incredible people, incredible artists. I just realized I wasn't as passionate about it as everybody else. I was good at it. I wasn't great at it. I could invest the time and get better at it. I just felt like it was diminishing returns. So I was like, well, where else can I go? I felt like my business entrepreneurial engineering, that problem solver brain wasn't being tapped as much. As much as like, hey, I know you need three days to do this. You have three hours. Can you get it done? And I'm like, yeah, but it's not fun. It's not going to be the best work ever, right? 
So I know this is a very long answer to your question, so I hope it gets chopped up or whatever, but uh, really just want to paint the full picture. I left Activision, started January 6th, actually, the day of the Capitol riots. That was not intentional, but there it goes. Day of the Capitol riots, started my business, and over two years later, we've done over half a million dollars in revenue. We're looking to do more than half a million this year alone, which will be exciting um, because transparently, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I thought I did. Two years later, I realized I didn't. Two years from now, I'll still feel that way. Um, you know, that's always kind of evolving. But yeah, it's been ups, downs, highs, lows, as anybody would say. But I absolutely love it. I'm my own boss. Some days I work a lot of hours. Some days I work no hours. It ebbs and flows. I've found balance in my personal life, in my work life, in my relationships, work relationships, networking, friendships, hobbies. I didn't have that before. Um, and Everyone, myself and friends included, everyone's making more money than before. My business partner, she left her social media agency job where um, it was entirely women, which she thought was going to be great. And then it turned out to just be super catty and passive aggressive and just really a negative space for her. And I was like, if I can double your salary like in the next two months, will you leave and join me? And she was hesitant, but she eventually said yes. And two years later, we still work together. So it's been incredible. We've launched Ralph Lauren's page. We relaunched PopSockets page. We launched Amazon Alexa's page. We relaunched Tiesto's page, TikTok, Instagram, um, a variety of, of brands, startups as well. We've launched and supported and consulted. And I didn't expect any of that to happen when we started, but here we are. Um. You you apologize for going on and on, and I actually it was great because you gave me like so many follow up questions to fill this. I know I'm so bad as no, a son of an investigative reporter. I should know no, how to do like bites. No, no, no. I was saying that was great because I, I I have like I don't even know which direction to go because I have so many follow up questions to that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm saying that's so great. Um, all right, where Thank you. Start off with, how did you get Ralph Lauren as a client, and uh, or or how did you get your first client? We were talking before we started recording that my dog never barks and he's just barking. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And this is going to be the annoying answer that people always say, but it's so freaking true is connections, 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 connections. Uh, what I mean by that in this case was Ralph Lauren was sent to me directly actually from TikTok themselves. I have a TikTok manager there. Um, and that they that's evolved over time. But at the time, my manager threw my hat in the ring for Ralph Lauren to look at. Um, I don't know all the details. I was told it was roughly, you know, 10 to a dozen creators and they basically picked. So maybe I was the cheapest of the one. Maybe they actually liked me, maybe a bit of both. I don't know. Um, but got to work with them and, and that was exciting. Went to Florida, went to, went to Florida a couple of times, went to New York a couple of times. Um, actually, we like launched their page with a few TikTokers, which was really, really fun. Still connected to some of them. Um, and then we did a bunch of PGA tour stuff, which I'm not a big golf guy, but we were with uh, Justin Thomas, which is like still cool, still a unique experience, right? We were with Justin Thomas, as I see a, a golf flag behind you. Um, Justin Thomas, cool dude. He's actually, I don't know if he's from Indiana, but he went to Purdue. So we hmm. kind of had that like, you know, Indiana fed for at least four years kind of thing. Um, I think he might have a house around there, but anyway, uh, was working with him and oh, Caitlin knew it. I'm gonna feel so bad if I mispronounce that, but um, she's an actress. 
oh, it's been a few years since I've like really paid attention to it. She's she's an actress in shows, so that'll narrow it down. Um, <laughs> uh, I think some HBO stuff, but anyway, she's like always been a big golfer and and Ralph Lauren fan actually um, prior to the shoot. So we did that, but then all this PGA Tour stuff got canceled because of COVID. So like, there's all this unreleased footage. There was like the I worked with the USA Special Olympics and like Olympics when that was supposed to be in 2020. All that unused footage just sits on my hard drive somewhere. Um, but yeah, that came directly from TikTok, which was absolutely incredible. Not all of our clients have, um, but connections. And again, I like I knew about two people in Los Angeles when I moved out here, and they definitely helped, you know, here and there. But they weren't like all these things can be built, were built in my case, like can be built. So who's ever listening to this going, ah, oh, damn, I don't know, like. You don't know someone there until you put yourself in a position to meet someone there, right? So I believe success is 80% hard work, 20% luck for the average person um, because doing the hard work sets you up to be in positions and and taking risks, like the risk to move across the country, right? None of these things would have happened if I stayed in the middle of Indiana. I would have had a very different life, probably would have been way more depressed and these opportunities we're not going to be there because you don't run into these kind of people at like a, a cocktail gathering in Indiana because they're not there. Right. So that was just the life I wanted to live. Um, but all that said, you know, put yourself in the right places and you're not always going to know what that place is until hindsight. Sometimes you're going to feel you're in the right place and you're not sometimes vice versa. Um, but yeah, find a way to be in the place where everybody else is. On, on that 80, 20 split that you just said, um, mm-hmm. I, Seneca also says that luck is a combination of preparation and opportunity. So even the 20% of luck comes yeah. with more preparation and opportunity, I believe, than it is exactly. straight luck. You have to put yourself in the position. Yeah. Luck fills in the gaps that, you know, hard work and, and dedication, whatever term you want to use, like built, right? So you got all those clients, Ralph Lauren and, and the PGA Tour and, and those before you actually started your agency, correct? So how did, if, if that's right, how did you go from that to like yeah, officially starting an agency, making it a legal that's business? That's a great question. Yeah, so to summarize the, the first thing, you know, was at the Snapchat gig, left that, was full-time freelance, had a variety of different clients. Ralph Lauren was a big one, but that was right again before like the whole world shut down. So like kind of skirt, like everybody's repositioning, no one's got money, no one's spending money ironically and this is how i landed there from from that entirely freelance just like i was making money but not enough to where it was worth doing an llc according to my accountant so if you know that's like basically under a hundred grand a year um not that you have to have a hundred grand to have an llc but that was just it was all consulting 1099 contracts is what you're saying yeah 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 yeah. yeah. all consulting 1099 and then when that all shut down i once i kind of like refound my footing just mentally i was like okay Who's making money right now? I saw people upgrading their gaming computers. I saw people buying more games on Steam. I saw people, you know, the new graphics cards coming out, even though they were delayed, there was so much hype around it. And I was like, gaming's making a shit ton of money. This was still like Fortnite was kind of like high, hadn't fallen off entirely yet. Warzone had just dropped from Call of Duty, all these things. And I went, you know, it'd be really sick to work there. Just happened to find the Activision gig and there were over a hundred applicants and I applied and got in. I know for a fact I was not the most qualified. I talked to my boss directly about it, being like, I know I wasn't the most talented qualified, like what's up? And he literally was like, 
you felt like you'd fit. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he was like, it felt like your personality would would align, would like fit in the group, right? So like a lot of skill sets and and quote unquote talents can be taught and learned. Um, you know, shout out YouTube University. I went to a real college, but like not worth it. Um, other than the parties, but yeah, that's that's really kind of the big the big thing. So I shot my shot, got into that, and then like I said, I just kind of felt not a lot of my skill sets or interests were being tapped at the Call of Duty job. No hate, no fault of anybody else. Just was like, I felt this was a bit of a dead end. I want to go elsewhere. Um, they also, after we had like record breaking views, only offered me like a $1 an hour raise. And I was like, that's not cool. So left that and decided to create my own company because again, entirely poetically, it was like, um, all of a sudden on the day where in my head, I thought, yeah, I think I got to go. I didn't have a plan of what it was yet. So I didn't send it to my boss, but I was like, I think in the next month or so I'm, I'm going to make a move. I got a text from this guy I accidentally ghosted four years ago being like, Hey, Tiesto's team needs a new social media guy. You interested? I'm not, not interested. Like I'll take the call. Right. Um, okay. So that was just, again, a random connection. I didn't even like think about like, didn't even have his or had his number saved, but it was just like first name, initial don't actually know the guy. Um, so there was that. And then started doing that was, was consulting, creating content there aside to just kind of stockpile some money when I knew I was like, I'm going to make the move, but I need some, I need some cash, right? I need some, some safety net. Um, but I got two weeks into January because this started like January 1st. I got two weeks into January and I was like, I can't do this. I thought I was going to make it to March. Two weeks in, I, was, I told my boss, I was like, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to give you a one month heads up. Because again, all good vibes there. Didn't want to screw him over. I know how stressful that can be. I was like, but I'm out basically after Valentine's Day, more or less, like February, right in the middle. And fast forward to that. That was good. My boss and I kind of like cried on the call. Keep in mind, I worked remote the entire 10 months. To this day, I've only met one of the people in one of the, my coworkers in person. And we still were like emotional and cried when we were on Zoom for like, you know, every day. Or they were, God, they were Microsoft Teams. It was rough. But <laughs> um, yeah, screw Outlook, man. Gmail team all the way. But anyway, then on my very last day, and you're going to think I'm making this up for the story, and I promise you I'm not. On the, my very last day, I get an email again from TikTok. Hey, Amazon Alexis teams looking for a social media TikTok like leader head up whatever the term like you interested it's like are you like when one door closes another one opens holy shit like the day and I literally responded hey this is incredible thank you so much I'm literally quitting my job today because I don't want to be in a nine to five but are they down for agency vibes and they were like yeah and I still had Tiesto at the time and I was like okay cool um, and then that was great. We worked with them for eight months and launched their page from literally nothing to 350,000 followers, which is great. Got them like 50 million views. And I, I forget the exact number. I think it was roughly 100 videos for them, which was great. Um, absolutely incredible. So I have a bunch of Amazon Alexa. So if you want one, DM me. Um, I actually, it's kind of hidden in the video camera here, but... Uh, I moved it because it was a little clunky. I had 3D printed like R2-D2 and TIE Fighter stands that the Alexas could sit in. Yeah, 
Yeah. Etsy, my guy. Etsy. Anyone who's gotten Alexa, which is like probably everybody because capitalism, show some Etsy 3D printers some love and go buy yourself a TIE Fighter and R2-D2. But they also actually, like after I did that, they had an officially licensed like Yoda ears that you could plop it in. So it was like a Yoda head, which was also great. So now I'm just now I'm just promoting devices on here. But yeah. <laughs> the sponsors later. Um, how do you guys get new clients now then? That's a great question. It's still primarily word of mouth, um, which has its pros and cons. Word of mouth gives a lot more credibility, but it's often more slow. Uh, because it takes time to compound on more people you meet, more networking, everything. So most of our stuff is networking. I do post a lot of content on LinkedIn as well, um, but we are we are looking at you know doing some actual more automated or just other kind of drip marketing campaigns, whether it be newsletters or uh, press placement and stuff like that. That's what a lot of people do, um, but. Truthfully, that probably to to a fault has not been a big focus of ours um, because we have been lucky. We've also had slim months. It's been feast and famine. It's not like we've just been riding the, the coattails of capitalism forever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's that's definitely something we're looking into a lot more now because this is another fun fact. I don't have a marketing degree. I don't have a business degree. I have a telecommunications degree, which is fancy long-term for like, I know how a video camera works, but I didn't go to film school. And what it also just means is like your content speaks for itself, whether that's your social media content, whether that's your, like a freelancer who does editing or graph design, like your portfolio speaks more than your resume. I'm a big believer of that. I mean, cool brand logos on your resume, great, but most people don't start there. I know I said I started at Snapchat and that's like mostly true, but I had, I scrummaged for gigs for like four months. I was like animating blind commercials for like blind companies. Like, you know, you, you pick up a thousand bucks here and there where you can. Um, yeah. I forgot where I was going with that to be truthful, but yeah, no, no. we are, we're doing more marketing there. No, that was great. Um, I actually want to take a step back and highlight that, you know, I've noticed that twice in your life, you've been kind of, in a place that you just didn't feel comfortable. And I don't even know where the question is that's going to come from this. But Twice is an understatement. <laughs> sure. sure. Twice but, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Uh, Indiana and like working at Activision, right? Like, I don't think you dislike either of those, but you just found that it wasn't the right fit for you. And then you ended up moving to LA. You know, like how and why did yeah. you get cojones to do that? <laughs> that's a great question. So I do want to clarify. Um, even though it made, it made sense in the question, uh, I don't view Indiana and Activision the same thing. Uh, my time at Activision was way better. My time in Indiana was awful. Uh, <laughs> I know you didn't insinuate that one, but I, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. I just want to clarify that like, no, sure. Activision was cool. Indiana sucked. Um, and that's my personal opinion. There are cool people there, but that's just my personal experience. In both yeah. you, you, you identified that, you know, there's greener pastures and then went in that direction. Yeah. And that's also, that can be rose colored glasses. That can be grass is always greener. Right. But when I view that slightly different, when I moved to Los Angeles, I had come out here and visited a time or two prior. Um, and then I did have an internship prior to my senior semester at college. So I was out here for three months and there's visiting a place and then there's living in a place, even for three months. Like once you grocery shop at a place, 
and like have to do laundry, you're like, okay, I kind of get like the system here. Um, and I had never been more West than Chicago prior to than like my one trip to California. And then I, I had two trips to LA and then, uh, an internship. Anyway, um, I'd never been more West than Chicago. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a lot, but I knew Indiana wasn't it. And just down to my absolute core. And I couldn't describe it when I was younger, but I knew it when I was younger. Um, but as I got older, I knew it. And now that I'm five years out of it, been in LA for a little over five years now. Um, absolutely the right decision. It's expensive as hell here. No doubt about that. When, when money's good, this place is fun. When money's bad, this place sucks. Um, unfortunately that's true for probably like 80% of the world right now. Um, but I'd still, there's at the time of my life now and looking back over the last five years, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Uh, this is, this is absolutely incredible. And and when you say get the cojones, you know, one side of my, my family all lives 15 minutes from where they grew up and that's a lifestyle. That's fine. No hate to that. To me, I would go absolutely insane, but to them, and I'm, I'm exaggerating for like story, but like to them, you know, it's, it's crazy. I moved across the country to LA. To me, it was the only option. LA was plan A and plan Why? B was plan. What's that? Why? Why? Because it's where opportunity was. It's where creative was. It's where if I wanted to make a living, not even like ultra net worth, blah, 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 but just survive and make a living being creative, it was either pharmaceutical ads in Indiana or literally everything Hollywood has to offer. And from my internship out here, I learned marketing and commercial work was the way. I gravitated to social media more and more because it was faster turnaround, faster feedback, faster turnaround. Maybe it's a bit of a dopamine hit. Yeah, there's that side of it. But to me, like, I thought I wanted to edit on Marvel movies. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a lot of work for one thing to go out that people will have a strong opinion on one way or the other. Or I can make a shit ton of content, get it out over the course of a few weeks, months, or a year, and then just like go from there. And that's what landed me a bunch of jobs and opportunities was in college. I did a vine a day for 121 days over like summer after my freshman year. Vine a day, 121 days, six seconds. Most of them had visual effects. What kind of funny story I could tell. A lot of them sucked. Some of them were great. Some viral moments. But that led to opportunities. That led to connections. That led to me meeting creators I still chat with now like eight years later, right? Um, that led to a lot of opportunities, which led to this connection. Actually, me doing a Vine a day led to going to Collab and not um, the Verb, the actual like management company called Collab. Went and met uh, Danny Gonzalez, Jay Cyrus, and Brendan McNerney when they were popping on Vine back in the day. Fast forward many years later, still kind of connected a few of them. Brendan McNerney now like works for a marketing agency and hired myself and my business partner to go to CES in Vegas and be like the spokespeople for Sony and basically go kick it all expenses paid in Vegas and talk about cool tech because I made vines like eight years ago. You want to talk about like an unforeseen payoff that there's obviously a lot more like developed a relationship. You know, it's not like, Oh, I met this dude eight, like eight years ago. I'll text him. It wasn't that right. But it was that's the entry point, and this is where we are now. I forget where I heard this recently. I think it was a podcast, but 
Uh, it might have been James Clear, actually. Uh, he was talking about how he only does content now that kind of survives longer than just that piece of, like, that live time. So, for example, he actually doesn't do radio anymore because if you're not listening to it at the time, that content is essentially gone. Um, mm -hmm. That's why he'll do, you know, podcasts and things like that because it stays out there and then you never know who's going to see it. And then that person might read it. I feel like you've told that story three different times of, of that happening. <laughs> Um, yeah. You never know what seeds you plant and nurture will grow. Not every seed you nurture will grow. That's another thing. Sometimes the seed's a dud. You think this is going to be a dope connection and you turn out like not the right vibe, not the right moment, not the right opportunity. And sometimes you just meet someone a few years later, they text you, Hey, you want to work with Tiesto? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> then what's like, I think you're totally right with that. Like, then what's your your strategy? Is it is it just lay seeds everywhere? Are you more strategic like that? Like, what does that look like for you? That's a great question because I feel like I'm still discovering and refining that, and I feel like that will be true for a long time. I'm only 26, which when you're 26 and you've never been older, you're like, I'm so old. But I realize <laughs> like everything I'm doing right now, I'm gonna be really thankful for when I'm 35. Right. I got nine years, like 10, nine years. Right. I'm like, there's a lot of things I'm doing right now. Even this conversation, right. From our discovery call to this, like, it's very fun. You're rocking a cowboy hat simply because like the vibes are right. Like we have no idea where in 10 years, like what you'll be doing, what I'll be doing, how we can synergize. So there's, there's a lot of that. Now, some people are going to have differences of opinions, say yes to everything. Some will work out. Some won't. Some will say be more protective of your brand and focus your energy here and there. I think there's a balance to that. Um, you know, you reach out to me on LinkedIn. I get a lot of, not that yours was, but I get a lot of just spammy DMs all the time on LinkedIn. Because if you have founder, CEO, or whatever in your bio, everyone's trying to sell you their thing for 5K or less a month. Um, you weren't necessarily trying to sell anything. You were just like, hey, you want to chat? I was like, yeah, obviously I like to talk. So that's you know, that's where it goes. Again, I don't fully know how much this podcast will blow up, how much anything will blow up, but like, look at it this way, new connection, new friend, more practice. No, I, I actually totally agree with everything you said there. I, I've also like, you know, planted seeds everywhere and, and some of them worked out and some haven't, but in my mind, I wouldn't say like do it less or, or anything like that. So um, getting back to some of the marketing stuff, um, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be? Simplify everything. Simplify, 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 simplify. Because simplify what you're selling, how you sell it, how you talk about it how you showcase your wins and knowledge and expertise and success and competitive advantages, simplify it to your target audience who's going to be a client, a potential customer, um, simplify your internal processes, don't make things a la carte, don't make things custom built for everyone. And there's exceptions to all these, but especially if you're trying to build connections, like you need repetition and credibility and if you're selling the same consistent thing to an actual audience that wants it, whether they know they need it or not, um, that's going to scale and excel way faster. Something we did poorly because I just lacked direction early on is we did everything under the sun for social media. 
every platform, everything, because we were just like, who will give us 5K a month for six months, right? Secure the deal. Let's get some revenue in. And like it worked until it didn't, which was basically right away. And what it became was it's like really high churn, primarily because you're not as hyper-focused in. So everything's kind of lukewarm. And also internally, we're having to manage and learn and prioritize and understand and study like all these different things instead of just like, we're the experts on these like one, two, maybe three things that all fall on one very tight umbrella. So like we've hyper-focused in on TikTok and Instagram, like community and page growth for brand. So we will find creators, we'll bring them in, um, have them become the faces of the brand or, or make the content. We negotiate the deals. We manage the deals and the team and the people. We also do all the creative strategy. I'm personally very plugged in. Some CEOs will be like, oh, like you got to be out of it. And you're like, I'm not there yet. I'm partly there, but I also like to be in it. So it's a bit of both, right? So the things I don't like to do, I've delegated to people that are better at it than me, which is excellent. That's the first thing you want to try to do. But also I've hired people where I thought it was a good move at the time and no hate to the previous like contractors of us, but like I didn't know how to manage them. I didn't know how to get the best out of them. They didn't know how to give me what I wanted because I couldn't communicate that. So that's, you know, a struggle. And that all came back to being like, didn't know what the fuck I was selling. <laughs> what would you do differently now? Commit. And what I mean by that is like when everything's an option, you get analysis paralysis or you try to do it all because you don't know what's going to work or not. But just commit entirely into one avenue. Do some research so you have like some confidence with it, but just entirely commit and then get back to yourself in six months and be like, is this working? Yes or no? What can we change? At the same time, I have, oh, it's not on my desk normally is, but I have a journal that I write in that's on the on the front. It says 1% better every day. You also mentioned James Clear. I, I'm not trying to like take it. I did have that mindset before I got that book, but as that book and that mindset like were drawn together. So I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is so great. So um, not trying to be like it before, but in my very small bubble that is my brain, I thought that like compounding growth, right? Every day, if I'm a little bit better than yesterday, that builds over time. Um, so pick something, commit to it. And it's very easy to be scared when you don't know how something's going to work. But if you try to do everything, nothing's going to work. And then you're going to be stressed and scared. And fuck that. Oh, I love that. Um, what do you enjoy talking about the most that you normally don't get an opportunity to talk about? Ooh. I got to think on that one. I have a more two vanilla. Things. Okay, yeah. Two things. In a more business sense, um, just like finance, personal finance, investing, I like that stuff. I think it tickles the same part of my brain of um, the compounding growth over time. How can I invest and have a small sacrifice now for greater gains in the future? Um, also, roller coasters and F1. So, where do you want to take this conversation? <laughs> well, I mean, the, my answer is always F1 in that situation, but I'm actually going to stop the question there so we don't go into the F1 conversation, but go Max. Sure. Um, yes, absolutely. 
we'll 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 break that down a little bit further after. <laughs> Uh, last question is, uh, any book or podcast recommendations? It can be in marketing. It can be digital marketing business. Doesn't have to be any of it. Um, any recommendations? Yes. Give me a second. So I don't mess up the titles and grab them. They're all within more or less arm's reach here. Yeah. Um, you're going to love one of these, if not a few. Well, because this is my my favorite part uh, is getting the the book and podcast recommendations. So I have an ongoing list of of recommendations, but very curious to hear yours. Excellent. Okay. Well, this is probably already on your list, but I'm going to reinforce it. Atomic Habits by James Clear. This like rewrote my brain, which was excellent. So thank you. Um, I'm currently reading the Client Retention Handbook, which is relatively new. This echoes a lot of the simplification things and gives very clear not workshops but like actionable steps to get it because sometimes you can understand a concept but not know like what step to take or what move to make and this helps a lot and it also highlights that um, i'm gonna butcher but i feel like it's it's like 25 times easier to keep a client than to get a new one and also if you keep clients you typically have a lot more revenue which you're like yeah because people are paying you but in terms of like normally the onboarding of a new client, there's a lot of months where you don't get paid. Additionally, uh, The Purple Cow. This is a very fun, easy read. I love this one. Um, very exciting about that. I highlight that in the, a lot. And then another one, which is not necessarily business related, but for more of the creatives out there. I don't know the author off the top of my head, but The Artist's Way. It's really about connecting with your like inner child, your inner artist, your inner creativity kind of shutting out a lot of societal constraints that often limit that and and quote unquote embarrass you for having those like you know childish just urges and stuff like you know i just want to go play i want to go do that like we don't have to entirely grow up um that's a really good one a big thing in there they highlight is what they call artist dates where by yourself you go it can be to a coffee shop a museum a literally whatever but have an artist date and just go somewhere that will inspire you. And like, don't be on your phone. Don't be connected. Just like go somewhere that will inspire you on your own. And as an only child who had and still has like various anxieties and depressions and stuff like that, um, it ebbs and flows in days. But like going somewhere myself was like terrifying. Like I used to hate the movies. Now I live in Hollywood and I'll go by myself because it's great. It's fun. And I'll go see something that I want to see. I don't always need a friend to go do a thing with me. Yes, it's fun to do things with friends. But my version of artist date, um, you know, we mentioned F1. I love racing, not like NASCAR racing, but I like cool car go fast. So I'll go up to Burbank, like 20 minutes from me and go to K1 speed and just go go go-karting for the day. Especially if I'm like really just kind of in my head on something. I don't do it every time. I have other forms of like meditation and whatnot. But I just go and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go do like five races of go-kart track. And just my entire focus is like hitting that apex. And nothing else matters. And I walk out and I just feel like, and plus for me, the adrenaline is going. I used to play paintball in high school. Same thing. I would just go run around. It wasn't like, oh, I get to go shoot. It wasn't that. It was like, I get to go run around and have like a little bit of a competitive, like survival kind of atmosphere and just deep dive into that world for like eight hours and then, and then I'm out. So highly recommend that. (laughs) Oh, that was great. Uh, no one has ever bought up Purple Cow except for me in this podcast. Uh, Excellent. So 
Uh, it's one of my like most referenced uh, books and ideas that of of them all. So that was that was that was awesome. I I want to just real quickly highlight it even more because it's great for marketers and business owners of all types. But I think especially like content creators should take a, a quick read of it because even though it wasn't necessarily like written for that, the idea of you're in a very saturated world, which in many markets or whatever it is, whatever you sell is basically true at this point. Everything's kind of out there and there's competitors. When you're in a super saturated world, why you? Right? Everyone thinks, oh yeah, I'm cool. I'm this, I'm that. Everyone's the main character of their own story. Yeah, great. But like, everyone's the main character of their own story. So everybody who's watching you, whether it's five views or 500,000 views, they're the main character of their story. Why should they give a shit about you? And as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, Josh, thank you so much. This has been great. Um, I really, really enjoy this. We'll have to do this again and I'll get a cowboy hat so I can match. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Denver McQuaid. When you're the only person in the world with this name, you get every handle. It's great. Uh, you can find me there. I talk about, especially on LinkedIn, I talk about marketing and social media strategy and content and a little bit of finance. Um, on Instagram and TikTok, I like to just keep it light and fun. Some business like tips and hacks there, but more just everyday life and a lot of videos and photos of my dog. So yeah, here, he's, he's right here. Everyone take a look. This is Rocky. He's a good little guy. <laughs> we invite all animals on the on the show. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Denver yeah, just, and Rocky. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. This is this has been one of my most fun episodes. Um, honestly, I could have doubled the the length of this episode. It, it went ten minutes longer than we normally do, and I feel like I could have. Don't tempt me. Don't so much tempt me, please. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was a great episode and. Uh, and for those of you who learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or subscribe uh, so we can obviously continue getting the highest quality of guests. And always, as always, thank you for listening. Thanks so much, Josh. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.